0: Well I'm glad we have the ones we have here today, but we miss those that are not able to be with us. i know I'm, I'm glad that technology can make it to where they can they can join in um, I am not technologically as savvy as what i what i what I think I am, so I have learned that since i've gotten since I've started doing these Facebook lives and the podcasting i've learnt I'm learning still so. <laughs> Um, We'll be on Daniel chapter 6 today. We've been kind of studying Daniel, and it just kind of coincided uh, along with what I was studying, so I thought we would use Daniel chapter (laughs) 6. And for those of... For everybody joining in on the live feed, you'll hear Jubilee talking quite often. So <laughs> so Daniel chapter 6, uh, we'll start there in verse 1. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the, the kingdom and 120 princes, which uh, should be over the whole kingdom, and, and over these three presidents, of which Daniel was first, and the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no uh, damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. And the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said the man, we shall not, uh, not find occasion against Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together, and the king, and said unto, this, uh, unto him, King Darius, live forever. And all the presidents of the kingdom, and the governors, and the princes, and the counselors, and the captains have, uh, consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whomsoever shall ask petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it it is not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, I apologize, I'm getting tickled over here. She's making faces in the in the, in the video recording. So I, he went into his house and windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And he did a four times. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not decreed that every time a man shall make a petition of any God or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. The king answered and said, This thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said unto the king that Daniel, which is the children of of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, and he maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he had heard these things, was sore displeased with himself, and set his heart on uh, Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Now, uh, know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of the lion. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. <coughs> Do you Sit down, please. Sit down, please. Take it up. And the stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and the signet of the Lord's and proposed, uh, purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting, neither were, were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went on from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went into haste unto the den of lions, and when he came to the den, he cried with lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? And then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions, that they might not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then the king exceedingly glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he had believed in his God. And the king commanded that they brought brought them men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of the lions, them, their children, and their wives, and the lions, and the mastery of them, had mastery of them, and break all their bones to pieces forever that they came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote uh, unto all the people, nations, and tongue that dwelt in the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is a living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which said not to be destroyed in his dominion shall even, shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth and worketh signs and wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? And so this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the, the reign of Cyrus the Persian. If I'm not mistaken, this was the very ruler that they called him, uh, uh, I think they called him, Darius the Great, or was it Cyrus the Great? And that same rule, Cyrus. So he prospered under these these two. So this was the golden age of the Medo-Persian Empire. Uh, Not to mention that he was a a counselor from Nebuchadnezzar in the Babylonian Empire as well. So his renown was known throughout the entire kingdom. And again, these men conspired to... Bring harm against him, but they could find no cause. So they said, "All right, we're going to get him on a technicality. We're going to have the king make this decree secretly. We're going to have him make this decree, and we're going to we're going to seek to get Daniel, you know, killed." Well, they thought they'd had the last laugh, but the king believed. The king believed, and Daniel believed. I think that's fascinating to me. Nothing is ever mentioned regarding is ever mentioned regarding uh, this man amongst most of the Lord's people, but he was—he feared. It seems that he feared God, yes, greatly, uh, even to the point that he petitioned God himself with fasting and no sleep the night that Daniel was in the den. So, I want us to consider what an enemy is defined as. Well, an enemy is typically defined as someone that causes, seeks to cause injury or harm against you or your cause so Daniel here having a notable position and, and the king sought to put him as the chief president among, amongst the nation so over all of these other rulers now mind you there were, three, there were three presidents and there were princes and satraps and all of those other notable positions but they sought to make Daniel the chief so they all conspired against him do you think there was enough jealousy in their heart? There absolutely was. Obviously. So, but Daniel, despite this law that was put into place, petitioned God openly before all men with his, his uh, where he went to pray, was the doors were open and everyone could see him. I think Daniel knew that they were going to do this. He knew the law was signed. It says that he knew the law mm-hmm. was signed. But he dared defy the government because his God was greater than the men that he served. So he he chose to put his focus on serving the Lord rather than serving the men that he was, he was put in charge of. And one of the things that is notable among this is that God delivered him because of his faith. So he, feared, he didn't fear judgment, he feared God. He didn't fear the judgment of men. We see scripture echo that in several places where it says, you know, what can men do to us? You know, uh, they know that God is the judge of all and it doesn't matter what men do to us, what foreign power, what nation does things to us, but place our trust in God. This seems to be the primary focus of what this passage is talking about here. Trusting in the Lord and believing in that he's able to deliver us from the situations that we're put in. But he requires something of us in our trust. Well, trust seems to, seems to signify faith. So our faith, we believe that the Lord says what he's going to do. And in that believing, we also pray that he... Deliver us and he provide the protection that we need. And the other thing is that we act on the belief that we have. So. Daniel, not only in his belief, was he delivered, but his enemies were destroyed. Because of what? the power of prayer and trusting in the Lord. I think it's interesting that the Lord put this on, on my heart because of the current situation and circumstances going on around the world. We have a fear of nuclear war. We have a fear of being invaded. We have a fear for, uh, you know, losing food and, li- you know, food and livelihood uh, amongst most of the nations of the world. But what the Lord fa- the, the world fails to see is that we don't have to worry about all those things. The Lord provides for us. Amen. What is it that Daniel did? He placed his trust in the Lord God. He didn't fear the judgment of Darius or or those that sought to keep his life. So what is it that we do in these times now? What does the scripture say? It says, Deuteronomy chapter six, I think it is. Let's turn over there real quick. I didn't have it wrote down, but I, I feel like it's good for us to read it. We reference this verse more than, I think more than most verses we reference there. Let's see what verse is that in. Thou shalt fear the Lord God and serve him and shalt swear by his name is verse 13. Let's see here. He goes on and he says, You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and statutes which he hath commanded thee, and thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware to thee unto thy fathers, to cast out thine enemies from before thee as the Lord hath spoken, and when thy son takest uh, thee in time to come, saying what mean the testimonies and statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded us, then thou shalt say, unto, unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and we, and the Lord brought us to eat out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders and great sore upon Egypt and Pharaoh and upon his household before all eyes, all our eyes. And he brought us up from thence, and he might bring us in and give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God from, uh, for good always that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness if if we observe to do all these commandments which the Lord our God and he hath commanded us. Of course, we know the law was sufficed by Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. But this, this fact still stands today that what is it the Lord tells us to do? Fear him. Uh, of course, we know fear doesn't mean what most people feel, feel fear is. It's reverence. It's, it's an awe and respect for God that we know he's able to provide these things in our trusting in him and being diligent to serve him and seeking him above all else. He provides everything else that we need. So, our life, number one, is we've, decided to serve the Lord and submit ourselves in baptism and be a part of the church is that we're a servant of the Most High God who is able to deliver us out of the Mouths of Lions through flood, the flood of waters, through from armies, from all these things, even though we're a small people. I mean, he did it for the nation of Israel. He can certainly do it for us now. We are his people. So let's look at... Uh, First Timothy Chapter Four. First Timothy Chapter Four. And verse ten is where we'll start. Actually, verse nine it says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God and who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers, in word and conversation, in love and spirit, and in faith and purity. Till I come, give attention to the reading and to the exhortation to doctrine. Neglect not the gift, that is in thee, which is given thee by prophecy, which is the laying on of hands of the presbytery. uh, Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrine, continue in them, and doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. We know this was to Timothy, who was a young minister in in the Lord, but this is very well applicable to all of us. He tells him there in verse 10, for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those that believe. <clears throat> he charges us to labor, to labor in the Lord. and We're going to suffer reproach for what we believe because it's foreign to what men believe. It goes against the flesh. He says, because we trust in the living God, a God that doesn't die, not the God of wood and stone and gold and silver like they worshipped over there in the earlier verses of Daniel where the God showed them, hey, you're not paying reference to the living God, so guess what? Your time is up. (laughs) It's the God of the living. It's God of the living. That's exactly right. So what is, required, what is required of us through, through these examples that we read in the scripture? What do, we, what do we discern from this? Well, it's that we are to exercise faith and, and trusting in the Lord. Uh, studying the word given to us by the living God. As well as being example among believers, among others. He says there, word, conversation, love, spirit, faith, and purity that's a That's a novel concept for 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 some people, but what is it? These are the things that people see that we feel, and that that we act this way in such a way that people see the hope that's in us. Yes. Why do you think King Darius worshipped God at that he, he, he petitioned God he knew who the living God was, and he petitioned on Daniel's behalf. Let's look at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. <clears throat> In verse 20. We're familiar with this passage of Scripture as uh, as. The Beatitudes. We'll read there, starting in verse 20. It says, And he lifted his eyes up on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. And blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from your company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. Rejoice ye in the day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye are hungry. Woe unto you that laugh, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you, and when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. But I say unto that which you hear, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for those which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, uh, offer also the other than him that taketh away the cloak, forbid not him to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thanks what thanks have ye? For sinners also love that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what then thank ye thank have ye? For sinners also do the same. And if ye lend to them whom you hope to receive, what have ye then? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive much again. But love your enemies and do good, lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. But be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, that ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give it, and it shall be given unto you in good measure, pressed down and shaken together, running over, and shall men give give into your bosom, for with the same measure that you may with all it shall be measured to you again so and I'll stop stop there so Jesus' instruction to the disciples both carried both warning and blessing there you know I've heard I've heard these messages Try people try to speak great swelling messages on these beatitudes which is important but let's read scripture for the sake of what it actually says there. He says there, Blessed are ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. What, is, what, is, what do you think he means there? Well, you see, Tip, down there further, he says, You rich, you've, you've received your consolation. It's a distraction from from serving the Lord. Um. Not to say that there aren't rich people out there that don't serve the Lord and believe that the Lord God. I know, I know of a few that serve the Lord that are that have money. But the what the difference is is they say, God give me what I've been given, and I'm to share it with others as He would have me to. That's exactly what I've been told in times past, my brethren that that do well for themselves. The Lord's bless me, bless me with with what I have. So guess what? I'm it's not mine to use. It's the Lord's. So, the same the same is said here. He says, "Bless, bless are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their uh, from their company, shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake." We ought not to be surprised about these things when, when people make fun of us or deride us or things. I I I know this. People at work have made fun of me, not per se here, but they've made fun of me before because. I'm a preacher. Oh, well, we can't say those things around your, or you don't need to hear those things. Like, you know, coarse language and things like that, which is more prevalent out, out here, it seems, than I was used to in the South. and Some of it's kind of a shock, but I had to realize, I'm going to hear these things no matter what. So, doesn't mean that I have to accept them for what they are, but to be an example before all of what true speech and what actions and what beliefs we should hold because how else can men see the light of the Lord but in us I mean we are to be a light to those around us and it requires our service giving up trusting in the Lord giving up what most men enjoy to enjoy something that's far lasting and greater which may not we may not even see the goodness until our life's been fulfilled here on this earth so that includes us dealing with difficulty and suffering, and sometimes not understanding what we're going through and why we're going through mm-hmm. it. What did Paul say? Count all things but loss for so the surpassing value of Christ. I know that's again a summation of the word, but that's the point that was the point of it he says I count all these things but dung." Uh, you know they don't they don't have much lasting value (laughs) that's why he tells us not to be worried about our food what we eat what we clothe ourselves with because why those things are temporary but what is not temporary what doesn't pass away is God So he taught his disciples these warnings and blessings things to avoid. At what it was that we were given charge of in our service to God. So that we might understand that the kingdom is the ultimate prize to be in the presence of God and and this is give this opportunity is given us through Christ who is to be the judge of all men. But he tells us also there in this life that we we don't have a past to be cruel or 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 ugly or mean to these people, but to be merciful as God is merciful to us, and to love our enemies. That's a hard thing for us to do, isn't it? Sometimes to love our enemies. What's the first reaction that the world had when that when news happened of this invasion into Ukraine? Hmm utter condemnation right I mean this is this is absolutely just you know you shouldn't be doing this this is you're lying to the world you're you know and my heart goes out to those people over there Yes. both sides because both sides are facing utter humiliation loss of life loss of livelihood these things are going to come to pass on this earth we ought not to be surprised at them but instead, we ought to use the only tool and the weapon that we have at our disposal, which is to pray for those who would despitefully use us, as the Scripture says, and and persecute us and do these things. There are a great many number of Christians over in Ukraine. And in, the, in these other nations, in China, and all these other nations of the world that are suffering at the hands of an oppressive government that, that, that doesn't understand the goodness of Jesus. So most effectively, in our trust in the Lord, we pray for deliverance. Do you think these people are scared? I've read more more accounts than not in the last week that these people are not scared. They know that the Lord's with them. Yes. Same thing for those people, the, and the ones that are not recognizing it, the, the leadership. Especially the ones that are doing the oppressing. We need to pray more fervently for them that the Lord would soften their hearts and change their minds or if nothing else that he would provide a quick end for for them (laughs) doesn't the scripture also tell us to pray for our leaders and that if there's oppression that may their days be few and another one take their place we shouldn't be scared of the things that the world can do to us whether it be the loss of our life through this threat of whatever through the threat of guns or bombs or whatever to endure hardship in service of the Lord what do you think what do you think Jesus said to Peter when he pulled him from the water he says oh you have little faith you know Peter was scared right there at the point where he it was just him sinking but you see Daniel over here who it just proves the, the nature of the flesh is that it's weak sometimes but what's the consolation thank god that he's forgiving in our moments of weakness that we can we can appeal to him and and communicate with him which is what exactly Daniel did so i guess that the one thing that i would have us look at these these accounts here is that that our trust the our communication to the lord through prayer is a good vehicle of our trust in Him, right? If we trust Him enough, we should hit our knees more. I'm not saying that we aren't, but but this is the time when this is the time when when prayer and supplication means the most in times of adversity, in times of scarce scarcity, and the things that are going on in this world. I know that we have a refuge and an opportunity. To show that these things pass away. This is the opportunity when we have time to show people what our God is about and what he does. Because the world is watching us, and if we're scared, as the rest of the world is scared, then there what what hope do we what hope do we show to the rest of the world? There's no hope outside of Christ. And if we're not hoping in the Lord and trusting in the Lord in these times. The rest of the world's not going to see this hope that it's there. But it's only in Christ. And though we're few in number, we have to show a greater amount than most of the world sees. So that's all I have for you this morning. I thank you for your attention and your time. And hope this was encouraging. It wasn't meant to be a harping lesson. (laughs) But